Stab, Abby and Matt are on holidays, so here's some of their best bits. I didn't do this science, mm. but look, I'm bringing it to the table and I feel like over my years I have done research into it. So look back at your life of anyone that you might have dated or be friends with and see if this applies. Talking about features body features and what they mean because Canadian um, psychologists they've actually investigated um, into something mm-hmm. and as a result they're one of um, uh, they've won one of this year's winners of the IG Nobel Prizes for wacky but serious science Ooh. and they have discovered I love any- that. wacky but serious <laughs> yeah <laughs> so they've done it into thick dark and dense eyebrows oh that's me that that's is you, you. It's, well it's technically an eyebrow but I do pluck well been getting a lot of in as long as it's lately. thick dark and dense well I'm gonna I'm gonna laser them for you I've got a new machine I'm bringing it in it'll be fine no laser your brain it'll be fine you would say no because it says about you mm. that uh it's a dead giveaway dead giveaway yeah giveaway for being a narcissist oh. someone who is vain entitled superior and ticks um, the survey options that say I have a natural talent for influencing people, and I am a born leader. Can't believe they did a whole science (laughs) experiment just around me. (laughs) (laughs) So have a think. If you know anyone with bigger eyebrows, it's funny because then you look at all yeah, you look at all politicians, and often they have big eyebrows. Bert from Sesame Street, he's a narcissist. Yeah, well there you go. Is is being a narcissist always terribly bad though? They've divided it into two different categories. Sometimes they they know that they're a narcissist and they still go forward with it. And sometimes it can just be an ignorance. And sometimes it can come from a sense of um, low self-esteem. Yeah, okay, right. Not your case, but yeah. <laughs> no, so no. that's what I think. Like, it's, you, calling me a narcissist doesn't, I didn't, doesn't mate. affect me. The Science. Canadian psychologist yeah, 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 I yeah. didn't. Yeah. Or do they do other features? Yes. No. Oh, well, they haven't there, but over oh, history he's, they he's have. wondering if we're going to get to buck teeth. Is that what you're... <laughs> why? <laughs> yeah, why would that relate to him? <laughs> How tall are you actually, Maddie? Uh, I don't know. You don't well, know how tall you are? No, I don't. I've got it in feet or centimetres, you pick. I'll t- I'll, this is what's on my... And this was a total guess. You guys would know better. You're so such a narcissist that you just make it up. How do you not know how tall you are? I don't know. I put it... Oh, what's it say my drive? Oh, they don't have it on your I'm going to move on, okay? Anymore. While you do your little research out loud. 168? Um, would I be 168? Sure. Oh, okay. Well, you're going to suffer from depression then. Um, because if you're a short woman below 158 centimetres or if you're under 173 for a male, mm. you're more likely to suffer from depression and other mental health problems. Ooh, depressed oh, Narcissist. That's not a good combination. <laughs> what about? Let's look at. Well, we look I'm, at well, I'm big noses. Yeah. We'll look at big noses. Okay. Why are you asking Stav whether he wants to look at big noses? Do I have a big nose? I don't mind. Do we? Nah, you, you, you don't. have a big got nose. A cute little button. Oh, okay, I'll look at butter noses. Cute little button. What do I have? You got a cute little button. They uh, so big noses. They've got a um, uh, the nostrils are really large. The size of the nose directly relates to the sense of power, drive, leadership, and ego, and, and desire smell. to work independently. All right. Um, yeah, so there you go. They've got a mind of their own, and they find it difficult to work under someone else's. They hate small talk. Ironic for a big nose. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Right. So there you go. As for um, the button nose, mm. they're saying that uh, women with the button nose shape are imaginative, uh, they're particular caring, loving, optimistic. However, the butternose individuals are also known for their emotional instability. <laughs> Do you have a ding sound effect? <laughs> ah, there um, you go. And buck teeth? I, I, I haven't got buck teeth. You really want to know about you, don't you? No, I've you got didn't. baldness. Here you go, baldness. Um, if you're a bald man, 
Um, you can take some uh, solace. I tell you what, can't cover you on your buck teeth. Let me check the baldness instead. I'm not bald. You can take you can take mm. some um, calmness in the fact that the American study has found that people that are follically challenged are also smarter, scoring an average four to five points higher in IQ tests. So egghead theory. Yeah, maybe because they're home studying while others are out. I don't know, no. but they're uh, the higher, so mm. that's really good. There you go. I got brown eyes. Anyone interested in brown eyes here? Yeah, I got brown eyes. Three of them. Uh, they are more fast-paced. They like fast-paced activities and their quick reaction times as well. There you go. Yeah. I'm a narcissistic, depressed ninja. <laughs> <laughs> movie in that. Look at me go. Yeah. Big hips for women. Big hips for women tend to be more forgetful than their peers, according mm. to research. That's okay. Yeah. Right. There you go. So hips any... don't lie. Yeah. Is there yeah. anything in there about... B- bosoms. Yeah. Or is that not what Well, they the cover? big hips also go with, um, uh, and also uh, boost your chance of um, having... Having kids. Yeah, having kids. But they'll say that it's related to uh, breast cancer as well. Oh, that's a shame. Well, it's a happy one, isn't it? It is. I'm so- <laughs> <laughs> there you go. on that one. Pep it up, everyone. <laughs> Stab Abby and Matt for breakfast. B105. All right. Now, when we say we're going to do something, we follow it through. Oh, well, yeah, this was a request, really. Mm. We had so many people call up saying that they leave the TV or the radio on for their dog and they enjoy it. And then we thought, well, you know, podcasting mm. is a new thing. Maybe uh, we could help out your pets who get left home alone. Would you like a podcast for pets? We call it a pet cast. I like. I like. Should we just do dogs? Because mm. I think I don't. I don't want to be too arrogant to presume that cats are going to listen. We could do a separate pussy podcast. Yes, and a little bit of a birdie one as well. Oh, yes. That's not, like, come on. What birds are good? They're stuck in a cage. <laughs> they they need it more than anybody. They do, and yeah. we can get them to talk as well. <laughs> Three one five. Three one five. We can. Three one five. That's enough of that. <laughs> can we ask for Dr. Chris Brown mm. and seriously, like a serious tone, pitch it to him and say whether he would be interested and do it on air? We did just that. <laughs> and we are happy to announce that live right now, if you search Stav, Abby and Matt in the podcast store, is a podcast for your dog, and it features Dr. Chris Brown. Yay! Good morning. And good morning. And what a thrill. What a thrill. <laughs> We're on debut, guys. Yep. This, this is this is the big one. Um, somehow we, we, we you know, have to find a way, admittedly, to, to get dogs with their lack of a Posable thumbs to, to hit the podcast app and, and, and get the downloads happening. But they'll work it out, I, I, I believe. I there is believe. actually some amazing advice in there and things that I didn't no. know before, mm. which I thought was pretty good, especially for around Christmas time. And the way that you addressed them was something beautiful. I think that that was really nice. Yeah, thank, thank you. It's, it's, a little, look, it's, it's a little bit uh, confusing and, and a bit of a, a, a mind spin to... Mm. Um, to, to be addressing both dogs and and people, <laughs> and uh, look, I'm not going to lie that that was a little a little bit of a challenge, um, but I, th- I feel like we're inclusive. And I feel like we um we, we really set the standard. It, it answers a lot of questions, and it is designed for the dogs to listen, not the owners. And I always Correct. wonder, as a vet, um, you know, like when you when you get to about you know 16, 17 as a mm. human. You're allowed to ask for your parents to leave the room when mm. you're talking to your doctor. Mm-hmm. You know, do you find it hard to have conversations with the dogs when the owners are there when you know this dog's probably been around about the neighbourhood causing trouble and you don't, you know? 
we, we, we have a we have a little bit of an understanding. Often the uh, the look will be given from the dog just to say let's stray, let's stray away from this topic to use the uh, the appropriate vernacular. Mm. Yeah. Um, but but like during during lockdown, that, that is actually what happened. We actually during the most sort of severe form of lockdown in New South Wales, we, we didn't have any owners in consultation. So it was just me and the dog. Mm. We, we, I spent the majority of my day just just communicating purely with dogs. <laughs> um, and, and, that, that's a that's a very strange way to spend a day, but but a great way to, to spend a day all the same. Do you think we may have made a mistake having our first guest be a guy that may have desexed half our audience? <laughs> oh, that's a good point. <laughs> it just occurred to me. Well, who would who would have you suggested? I thought he was the best option. A butcher. <laughs> <laughs> Dogs, dogs are a big, big believer in, in you know, fetching and, and returning. So, mm. so mm. maybe they believe that it, despite being desexed, I may have hold yeah, the key to bring them back. Oh, maybe, yeah. maybe. But, but also too, they might see him as a hero. Like Chris Brown has saved me so much money in child support, yeah. I couldn't help myself. Yeah. <laughs> you love your doctor snip. So. Now, yeah. now I'm That's free true. to roam, and he saved me all this money. So. Uh, look, Dr. Chris Brown, it was one of those ideas that we, we quite often just throw things out there and we're like, should we do this? Mm. We followed yeah. through and we're so glad that um, the most recognisable vet in Australia put his hand up and said, yes, I'll be the first person to talk to, to the dogs who are home alone. Again, I have to warn you that most dogs are now sitting cross-legged after you said that. <laughs> um, got to be careful with our word choice. But mm. look, it was a lot of fun. Um, and... Uh, I can't wait to hear the um, the feedback. And the, I reckon no I reckon we're going to get in touch with mice because the way you gave mouth to mouth um, to one mouse, <laughs> um, it's yeah. never left my mind. They're, and I know that small, they'd be big fans. They're very, they're very small breaths. Um, the, you, you've got to be a little a little careful, and uh, you know just, just they want real star it's power. Not, it's not the most, Pleasant thing, mm. I've got to say. If we want real star power, we need to track down the three blind mice. I reckon, you know, they're, oh, yeah. they're like yeah. the one direction of the mice world. Uh, Dr. Chris Brown, <laughs> mate, really appreciate it. Thank you. Hey, absolute pleasure, guys. A lot of fun, and we'll, uh, we'll talk soon. Good Thank on you. Um, if you do leave your dog at home alone when you go to work, um, download the Stab, go to the Stab Abby and Matt podcast, mm-hmm. uh, and you'll see there's a special edition in there. You can also ask your smartphone or smart speaker uh, to play the Stab Abby and Matt podcast, and uh, you'll get it right there. It's- Stab Abby and Matt for breakfast. B105. <laughs> Daniel Spencer. Daniel Spencer. Daniel Spencer. Small Town Boy, it is out now. It is uh, the brilliant song from Danielle Spencer, and she joins us on the air. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? We're good. I love how much music is coming out at the moment, and it must be one of the only positive things that's come out of COVID because people have had, I guess, more time to produce it. <laughs> but have you been working on it for a while? Yeah, I've, I've actually kind of worked on that project before we went into lockdown. Um, and that's a, a covers project. But then during lockdown, I've I've finished writing a solo album as well. So I think this time has been probably good for creatives, not so good for the other people who are locked in. But at least if you can sit and tinkle on the piano and write songs, you feel like you're achieving something. Yep. <laughs> at least you went through with it, though, Danielle. When I found out we were going into lockdown, I went to Bunnings and bought a lot of stuff to do, you know, some DIY work around the house. I was going to learn Spanish. I was going to get more fit. Good idea. At the end of lockdown, yeah. I returned it all and got my money back. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Did you have to do homeschooling? Yeah. My, my boys were actually... 
pretty good. They're 14 and 16, and both of them were fairly independent with it, so I didn't have to kind of slave away over their shoulder. They, they kind of handled it pretty well themselves, so I can't complain about that. I know previously you were, you know, with them younger, it was hard for you to be able to, to tour because you wanted to be able to, to be home with them. Now they're a bit older, nobody's allowed to tour. Yeah, yeah. I know. I know. Yeah. <laughs> well, hypothetically, in the future. <laughs> we, were, we were talking about this on the show a, a few weeks ago about um, when you can leave your kids alone uh, by themselves at home, and it really felt, remember it felt to like, he's the eldest, but I wouldn't leave him, but she's 12, and I would be fine to leave her because she's more mature. Yeah. Is there one of your boys you'd be like, oh, nah, don't think I don't think I could do it? I, I felt a bit like that about my older son because... Um, I just wasn't sure if he would torment the younger one to death by the time I got home. He's, sort of, he's responsible, but he likes to torment the younger one a little bit here and there. But um, turns out they're pretty good. I, I can leave them alone now, so, so that's good. Mm. I want to thank you for something, Danielle. I reckon you probably wouldn't even remember it. It was on a red carpet um, when you were on, <laughs> and I don't think I've spoken to you since then. You were on a red carpet years ago uh, with Russell. This is his Russell most Crow. embarrassing moment. If you ever ask him, this is what he says is the worst in his life. Yeah, and it was for I can't even remember the name of the movie now, but it was a movie where um, Russell played a science professor. Beautiful, beautiful mind. mind. Beautiful mind. <laughs> you don't beautiful even mind. remember well, it. That was where the problem hot, starts. I'm, well, no. This is let me let me explain <laughs> okay, to you. Is I wasn't meant to be there for the interview, someone else was, and they called in sick right before it. So I got the last minute call and I raced there with like a couple of minutes to go and you guys walked down the red carpet and I just grabbed the notes from the producer without even asking any questions, went straight to this, the, the kid would have been 19, went straight to this this question which was, you're a superhero in this movie. <laughs> Russell goes, no, oh. I'm a college professor. And I said, Really? <laughs> and at that point, he just tore me to shreds, and I was like, yeah, good point. He's like, if you have more friends in the industry, you'll get invited to premieres, and you'll be able to see it and stuff. And I'll never forget you standing there going, well, he's about to go inside and watch the movie. And I looked at you like, thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> I can see totally why you would have found that a little embarrassing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It doesn't sound, doesn't sound like it was your fault. At all. I appreciate yeah, that. It was your colleague, your colleague who was at home sick. Let's blame it on them. Yeah, yeah. although yet do you realise that Russell Crowe is still saying, my worst interview, well, I'll tell yeah. you, on the red carpet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it was just, it was yin and yang, and I can understand why Russell was annoyed because he's, he's made the time, and then you're there as well, and you were looking, the, the look you gave me was so sympathetic, like, <laughs> oh, you poor thing. <laughs> you know, here he is, it's like I was a work experience, and it was like, I was like, yeah, I might cuddle her, she might give me a hug, I think. <laughs> I think I would have. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, Danielle Spencer, Small Town Boy, your new single. It is out now. Thank you so much for your time. Great to talk to you. Lovely to talk to you guys. Stab Abby and Matt for breakfast. B105. In a world where celebrities are untouchable gods. Where junior radio hosts just want to be funny. Where a little bit of preparation would have made things a whole lot better. This summer, the ultimate movie. Maddie Acton's worst interview ever. Thank you to Adrian for that dramatic build-up. All right, take us back. How old were you? What was the year? 
It was 2006, I believe. So you were 10? I'm 33 today. So what What was that? 14 years ago. You did the math? Cool. Early 20s. Um, so uh, you weren't supposed to do this interview? Charlie Robinson was oh. meant to do this interview. Oh, it was High Five. That's right, from High Five. She was doing the gossip show on the radio station at the time. And mm. I was just, like, I'd only just newly started at this Sydney radio station. And I was... The filling guy, the mm. eager one. That if you just rang him, I would turn up. I was called a floater, is what they call them in radio, <laughs> which is a terrible name in itself. <laughs> but you float everywhere and do what people tell you to do. Yes. So it's a Sunday morning. I get a call saying, Charlie's sick. She can't do this red carpet interview with Russell Crowe. Can you go and do it? I'm like, she's hungover. They're like, no, she's sick. Sure. So I turn up to this interview with five minutes before he walks down the red carpet, right? Mm-hmm. And there's another producer there. Um, his name was Tim Dunlop. Oh, yeah. Oh, we know Timmy. <laughs> You'd know Tim. Tim was just as young. He was younger than I was. Wow. And he goes, all right, here comes Russell. Here's your microphone. Here's the cameraman. Here are your notes. And just hands me this, like, um, A4 piece of paper. And it had, I reckon, 40 questions on it. And did you know what Beautiful Mind was about at all? Well, we, t- We've just discovered while you were away there mm. that he even got that wrong. A Good Year was the name of the movie. <laughs> if it was A Beautiful Mind, he would have been 12. Yes. So it was A Good Year was the <laughs> no, name of wasn't. the movie. <laughs> no, it was, it was a bad <laughs> year for me. He, Russell Crowe, walks down with his wife at the time, Danielle Spencer, um, and I, it had just been sort of after the whole phone thing at the hotel, and I was already petrified because it's Russell Crowe. Yeah. So I just throw a dart at the list of questions that... Uh, Tim, the producer, gave me and go, question 28, boom, that's the opening one. Now, what was the role that he was playing in A Good Year? Uh, well, he plays a, um, uh, a man who impulsively buys the chateau where he grew up and decides to renovate it. A delightful romp directed by Sir Ridley Scott that no one really saw. Well, I didn't get a chance to go to the premiere. Usually you go and watch the movie before you interview people so you know about the movie. Clearly, I was exposed here. You're an action hero in this one, apparently. Do you feel no, like you're an action hero now? Not at all. I'm an English professor an from Emory? a community college, yeah. But you've been labelled an action hero. Do you feel, no, feel like that? No, by you, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's definitely... I mean, renovation's kind of action-y. Uh, he's definitely not an action hero. So in, I, in other people one. have called you that. No, mate. No. Not even going to buy that just, one. Just you. Yeah. So I don't have all the audio. I've only dug up what I could find on the internet. From there, he says to me, and I, I'm not lying. I remember the words. I wish I had the audio. He goes, hey, mate, when you get more friends in this business, you'll get invited to movie screenings and you'll know about the movies you're talking about. Yeah. At that point, I had to make a decision. Do I try and be a jerk back to Russell Crowe and be mm. like staunch or do I just carry on like it's all going to be fine? Um, he starts to suggest things that I should ask him about from the movie, okay. of which I haven't seen. You'll, you'll dig the tap dancing scene. Uh, thank you. I'm really looking forward to that. Now, in the what film of Kant, in, in the film, <laughs> you are... <laughs> are you just powering through the interview? Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. that's fine. Uh, let's move on to the... I was like, yeah, tap dancing scene. Was he starting to look around at this point? Like, where else should I be going? No. I, I, oh, I think he's enjoying no. himself. That's the problem. There, I was like, he'll leave in a minute. There is no tap dancing scene in the film. He's like, I got this kid. Yeah. I'm into him. So I'm like, okay, what's something generic? Mm. <laughs> generic as. And during this, Danielle Spencer's looking at me, looking at him like, I can oh, hear a giggling. This poor kid. So I'm like, this will be generic as. He can answer this. Of course, you live in half Australia, half in LA. Um, what do you miss about home when you, when you go back to the States? 
Well, we don't live in America, mate. We only live in Australia. Well, you spend a lot of time over there when well, you're depends, filming. That's what I'm trying to say. Working, Are yeah. you trying to catch me out really badly on this interview? Time, isn't he? <laughs> He's not making it easy. Do you want me to talk about the Rabbitohs? If you realise your voice has oh just gone so, so high, you should see the first time you spoke, you're like, hey, bro. Hey. So uh-huh. he'd only just bought the Rabbitohs as well. And mm. I was like, oh, that's it. I'm going to footy. And he's like, he didn't he did want to wow. have a bar of it. When you stuff up in life, it echoes in eternity. Oh, so, that is so embarrassing. So, you know, like, just continue with the American theme and put a bit of your own personality on it, Matt. So what do you miss about home when you are overseas? <laughs> Interviews with me would be one of the things that you would miss, Top wouldn't it? List, yeah. When you're over there? I'm definitely going to miss them in the future. When, when you're chatting to CBS and stuff? <laughs> Go and sit down. I'll be missing you. It's, it's just feeling his way. He's about to oh. see it. Right. Oh, don't be like that. <laughs> don't be like that. Oh, oh, we got to get him on. <laughs> and then I was like, I've at this point, I've thrown away the questions. Mm. Thank you, Tim Dunlop. And I was like, he was, he's, he's a pretty fit guy. He's lost some weight for this role. I remember, like, that was a thing. People talking about the fact he'd lost weight. Maybe I can become his buddy. Now, um, you could be my gym buddy. <laughs> you can come along with me when I pump iron. You're a funny bloke. <laughs> Exactly. Mate, really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for joining us on the red carpet. We'll see you in there at the premiere. I never thought your voice could get higher, but it just did. Man, I feel sick. We can go and pump iron. I mean, I've never been to a gym. Yeah, when did you ever pump iron? You're funny. Man, I'm If someone says, you're funny... Oh yeah, you're, you're funny. Completely. Oh, funny. that's so awkward. We should we, we should go. I through. want to hear it all again. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the podcast will be up this afternoon. Get Let's a, go get through our files and see, find our each of ours. No. <laughs> Stab Abby and Matt for breakfast. B one hundred and five. Dear Abby, sometimes in life, gets real, and that's when you need Abby to help. I'm trying to help you. If you've got an issue that you're going through, uh, could be a big problem, could be a small problem, you can send an email, dearabby at hit105.com.au. I do B105.com.au. Corona, thank you. Has that changed the email or not? I don't think I've yeah. updated it, actually. I think they both work for a while. Mm. Uh, but not the Dear Abby one. No, it'll work. It'll work. Yeah? There's right. a handover period. Try it for me, people, and see if it works. Say tester. Huh. I, I have got one from... Uh, a lady, and I'll be honest, she is really struggling. She wants to hear from people and she wants to get this message out um, to realise to people that do it how harmful it can be. So, a little bit of background about me. I have been married uh, twice, but separated for seven months now. Both marriages had its own circumstances involved, but I look back now and realise I never truly fell in love. When I moved out of my ex's place and went to live in a shared flat, I was encouraged by friends and colleagues to join dating apps. Knowing that Tinder had a reputation, I was a bit unsure, but I thought, you know what, it is worth a try. Not everyone is bad. Being on the app for almost a month, I didn't connect to anyone until I met who I'm going to call Brad. <laughs> okay. I met him on Friday morning on Tinder and chatted more during the afternoon. We even had a video call on WhatsApp, but before we did the call, I told him of my marriage and I told him that, look, you're four years younger than me and I'm not looking for anything casual. But to meet someone, if we do connect, I would like to date that person. She, he said he's got no problem with my past, my age, and that he too was looking for a serious relationship. We met in person the next day and immediately we had the strongest connection. We spent that evening together. The way he was around me and the way he showed his affection, I've never experienced that before. Obviously, because of the virus, we couldn't meet as regularly with the restrictions and my flatmate didn't allow him to come and visit at our house. 
He said to me that we can just go for walks instead. He's not after me just for intimate time. And, I mean, he would wait at my workplace for almost an hour and a half um, every time for me to be able to finish work. Because he lived with his parents, I couldn't visit him. And a communication did depend on him. I was waiting most of the time for him to call or message. During that first month, he disappeared for four days. And when he finally contacted me, he gave the reason that he had a few issues. He was getting his own place in a few weeks and then it would be easier for us to spend all the time together. With the restrictions easing and him yet to move into his new place, he was able to visit me a lot more. Things, according to me, were great. We were in a great place until he ghosted me. I was devastated. I called and messaged him, but no response. I even messaged and said, hey, this is okay if you don't want to go ahead with this relationship, but just let me know. Mm. But nothing. I found him on dating apps within a week. He did a lot of damage, Abby, nearly two months, and I'm still hurting and blaming myself and looking back at the relationship. I have tried to reach out just to find an answer to why he did it, but he's gone through all means to block me. I guess they tell you um, what they want to hear at the time, but I just feel like closure is so important to me and I can't let it go. Even just a text to say, look, it's over, leave me alone, Mm. and I would want to move forward. But it's so hard because I can't trust anyone anymore. I want people out there to know that ghosting does damage and I would love to hear from anyone that's been in the same experience. 131060 if you have been ghosted. I did write back and I said... With him saying he lives at his parents, could have he been married? She said he wasn't married. She doesn't know if he had a girlfriend mm. at this point. But Still around on the apps, though, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. if you would think if, if he ghosted her because he had another partner, he would have stayed right off the, the apps. She's really hurting by it. Mm. And I don't blame her as well because you start going... You start not being a person that you truly are. Mm. When someone rejects you and doesn't give you a reason and doesn't give you that closure, you just mm. you start reaching out. And you, when you do the double message, you start going a little bit crazy. <laughs> and when you do the four messages, you go, this is not normal. Mm. And I just feel like just to respond and say, I'm so sorry, I'm not into it, mm. it's, it's meaningful for people. Mm. Yeah. And it's I, easy to do. I don't know anyone who's been ghosted, but mm. I imagine the thing would be, you're like, oh, I was just being myself. They don't like who I am. Mm. You know, I think maybe that's why she's looking for a, an answer. Like, does mm. she want it to be something like, I met someone else or I do, uh, like, would I have a girlfriend be better than not knowing at all? I said, do you want us to reach out to him to find an answer? And she said, not at this point, mm. because I feel like he would lie. So I want to hear from people that have gone. I've been ghosted before, and that's why I say about how the double texts, the four texts, the rocking up at the house, banging on the door, ringing the parents. I got a message back. I got a message back fifteen years later. Wow, saying got a new phone. (laughs) Who this? (laughs) Stab Abby and Matt for breakfast. B one hundred and five. Dear Abby, sometimes in life. gets real. And that's when you need Abby to help. I'm trying to help you. If you've got an issue, you can send an email, dearabby at b105.com.au. We'll make sure that is working. (laughs) Uh, But if you've got an issue, you can send it through. And I've got one from a lady who's really hurt after a ghosting situation. She just got back onto dating apps, uh, websites and said to be ghosted by a guy that she thought was legit has really hurt her. She wants to hear from other people that have been ghosted. For people that may be doing it right now, she wants you to hear it and think about how you're affecting them. Mm. Uh, Kirsten, you're on the air. Um, you got Hi. ghosted after three months. What happened? Yeah, so it's actually Jasmine. 
Oh, oh sorry, <laughs> sorry, Jasmine. It says cursed <laughs> on the screen. But, uh... Yeah, that's so good. So I can't believe I'm doing this, but what happened was I actually flew down to Sydney to see all my friends before quarantine, and I was on Tinder and just having a flick through and met someone through, yeah, and Tinder. Started dating him um, three months talking about kids, marriage, wow. moving down to Sydney. It was deep, like long mm. distance. It was mm. really deep. And then he sent me a message one day and was like, hey, I can't do this anymore. Um, and then didn't even have the balls to call me or anything, just texted me, a 34-year-old. And then he went MIA. And I messaged him. I was like, hey, can we please talk about this? Um, there's no right or wrong answer. I just would like some clarity because mm. it makes you feel like you're not good enough. Yeah. And it's like that subconscious feeling there could be another person, but you don't want to invest your feelings into that mm. because that will just take over. Yeah. You almost don't know where but, to point your feelings. Yeah, exactly. And you just left here with no real reason because, like, what if it's me? Mm. Like, no, but Maddie said a yeah. point just before that all ghosting has to do with the person. Because if there was a legitimate reason that they didn't have any caginess about them, they would be open with it and say, I'm yeah. sorry, I went too hard too soon. Yeah, it's just, that's that's pretty hectic to be talking marriage and yeah. bail. Um, Emma, you're on the air. Uh, we're talking Hello. about being ghosted. Yes. How long were you dating someone for? Almost two years. <sighs> two oh. years and they ghosted you? What happened? Um, well, he just decided one day that the girl at his work was better, mm. and he just disappeared. Wow. So he said that to you? That was no, the last I, um, I found out from her ex-boyfriend oh, that she left okay. him wow. to so, be with the so other for, one. For two years, I imagine your lives would have been quite um, intertwined. Like, you would have known his Very. parents, he would have known yours. Like, did you re- reach out to anyone in his family? No, mm. no. I just sort of let it. I tried to reach out to him quite a lot, mm. um, but he would only talk to me in person. He would never talk like via text or anything like that. Um, and that would be, you know, uh, yeah, let's catch up and talk about it, and then nothing. Right. And it really hurts when you send a text or you call oh, and you don't get a reply. Yeah. yeah, especially when you. It was quite toxic on his side. So especially when I put so much into it to make it work mm. and then for him to just decide when he's ready that he's going to leave now that he's met someone else. Yeah, wow. Well, this we've got heaps of calls <clears throat> here. Like calls. I, I, I knew it happened, but I didn't realise. We haven't got any um, guys calling up. No, yeah. no guys. Is it just been... that guys are so fearful of having to deal with the crying? Having to deal with the emotions. I'm not saying you guys. I know mm. that you wouldn't do it. But what is it I don't think certain that's certain people? I, I think, to be honest, if you ghost a girl, you're actually just a dick. Mm. Like, to be honest, it is confronting if you have to break up with someone or if you have to be honest with them and they're going to cry and whatever. But at you, the end of the day, you what you're you doing is... you can't end a relationship. You're, you're just weak. You're yeah. pathetic. Mina in Crestmead, what happened with you? Hi. So I was dating a guy for about 10 months. And then I found out I was pregnant, and I told him, and never heard from him. Whoa! Yeah, yeah. Well, until the baby was about four weeks, and then yeah, haven't heard anything since. And now he is four months. 
So ha- has he met your bumps? Has he met his bumps? Um, he visited once and it was very briefly. Yeah, not. And then I kept texting him like, you want to come over? You want to come meet him? Oh, he's doing fine and nothing. Wow. Oh, what, yeah. what about his family? Do they have a relationship with the baby? No, that was the worst part too. They also ghosted me. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. So I invited them to, you know, the baby shower, gender reveal, all that kind of stuff, and got no response to it. They had seen, like, because of the Facebook thing, so they had seen the event and just never replied to it. So, yeah. What about support then financially? How do you go about that? Um, well, I just, well, I live with my parents and my family still, and they're, like, really supportive, and they did support me all throughout my pregnancy. And, yeah, I'm just getting on my feet now with it all, so... Yeah. So he he's not he's not helping with any of that at the moment. No, no. Mm, wow. Not at all. Yeah. Well, oh, you've done an amazing job to do it by yourself. Uh, yeah. Thank you. Stop, I'll be a mat. B105.